0: Guess who's back? Back again. Name That News is back. Tell your friends. There was a brief hiatus last week for the Independence Day holiday, but now here we are again. I'm leading off by quoting one of my co-hosts' most famous fellow citizens of the city of Detroit because I'm happy to see him. I wanted to welcome him back the best way that I could. I am Mark Menard. Here with Zach Clark. And this is Name That News, the show where we cull what we think are the best clips of news from the week. And then we tweak it just a little bit. We leave a little something out and you get to try to guess what they're talking about. So now we can get right into the fun. Zach, how did you enjoy your week off? Mark? It was nice.
1: I got to say no deadlines,
0: but uh, I, I did miss doing this. I won't lie. This is one of the highlights of both of our weeks because we get to entertain you, our adoring public with what we believe is Odyssey's favorite podcast. So with that, Why don't we just jump right back into the show because we know you're itching for content. And we're going to start with a clip from WCBS in New York where they ranked the best airport food in the world. We know it's summer travel season. Where do you want to go to get a good bite to eat? They've got you covered. Have a listen. Who made the bottom of the list? That would be the Barcelona Airport, Cancun International in Mexico, and here's not a surprise, LaGuardia in New York. But at the top of the list, Singapore's Changi Airport with 199 restaurants, also Haneda Airport in Tokyo. Which airport came in second? All right, so obviously, America, not first on the list, but there is an American cities airport that came in second place in all the world. Which city do you think took the silver medal? Was it A, my home city of New Orleans, known for food? Was it B, Chicago, also with a very distinct cuisine? Or was it C,
1: Atlanta, an up-and-coming city in the South? This is really interesting. I can tell you, there's there's almost no way it's B. I live very close, I've flown through Chicago many times. The Chicago food is good, but Midway, nah. Atlanta, here's the thing that people don't know. Hartsfield-Jackson, the biggest airport in the world by volume. So this is interesting. But you know what, Mark? I love New Orleans. I love the food. I love the culture. If it's not A, it should be. I'm going with A. Well, you know what?
0: I appreciate the sentiment. We are very proud of our food here in the Big Easy. And unfortunately, we did not take second place. It was, in fact, Atlanta. Hot Atlanta, the second best airport food in the world. And look, as a Saints fan, there's no love lost between the Saints and the Atlanta Falcons. I don't like giving Atlanta any credit if I can help it. But in this case, we got to give them their props. Apparently the airport food is banging in
1: Hotlanta. Well, it's just because the airport's so damn big. They've got so much room for all of it, man. And look, and here's the other thing. Now that I think about it, with all due respect to the airport, in New Orleans, I'm not eating there. I'm going into the city. I'm not messing around.
0: Well, the funny thing about the airport in New Orleans is a lot of the big restaurants in the city have their little outposts in the airport. You can get a little taste if you're just uh, waiting for a layover and you're just passing through. Still get a little taste of the Crescent City, but apparently not enough to rank higher than Atlanta on the list. So now we're over to you, my friend, for your first question of the week. What do you have for us?
1: All right, Mark, we're going to start with a clip that could be heard on WWL in New Orleans and on WWJ here in Detroit across all Odyssey brands. It comes from CBS News Radio. Take a listen.
0: Say I do with the
1: brand is getting into the wedding catering business, at least in Indonesia. All Mark, in Indonesia, who is it that's getting into the wedding business? Is it Dollar General, A? Is it B, 7-Eleven, Or is it C, the golden arches of McDonald's?
0: All right, so these are all very affordable options, obviously. Uh, Some of them more so than others. I don't know what Dollar General would bring to the wedding game. Maybe decor? But I feel like you're going to step it up a little bit past Dollar General to decorate for your wedding. I'm going to throw that one out. So that leaves us with 7-Eleven and McDonald's. And for me, 7-Eleven, I think of Slurpee's. Uh, I I suppose you could have a Slurpee station at your wedding, but I feel like the food would be a little bit more filling if you got it from McDonald's, even if it's not healthy process of elimination. I am going to go with the golden arches for entering the wedding game
1: process of elimination mark is successful it is mcdonald's in fact a mcdonald's wedding package contains 100 chicken burgers and 100 orders of four-piece nuggets 230 bucks not bad it's always interesting to me to see what these american fast food
0: companies corner in terms of a market in foreign lands. My favorite is that Kentucky Fried Chicken is huge at Christmas time in Japan. Obviously, it's not a, a huge holiday over there, but there are people who celebrate. And when they do, they go to Colonel Sanders for their meals, apparently. It's a big box that includes like a bottle of wine, all kinds of stuff. So KFC has like cornered the Japanese Christmas catering market. And now obviously McDonald's
1: looking for weddings in Indonesia. I love it. I love it. Now Now I need one, well, I don't know if I want to get married again, but I'm tempted just hearing this. And two, Christmas in Japan sounds a lot more fun than I thought. Who knew? So now it's back to me,
0: and apparently I'm in a New York state of mind this week, like Billy Joel. It's another clip from WCBS in New York, and this one about an interesting educational model being implemented at an Ivy League school. Have a listen.
1: They are getting set for a new teaching technique. At an Ivy League school, Harvard is looking to use to teach a coding class.
0: So the question is, which of these innovative assistants will be teaching at Harvard this year? Is it A, a dog, a literal teacher's pet? Is it B, artificial intelligence, because who would know how to teach about computers better than another computer? Or is it C, a 10-year-old coding prodigy?
1: Now, here's the thing, Mark. If there was a dog in class, I'd get nothing done. I mean, would I listen to the dog? Of course I would. But I'd also be trying to pet the dog, and I feel like I'd be wildly distracted. The 10-year-old coding prodigy, you know, you see these kids from now and then, every now and then, uh, that graduate at 10 or 12 or 14, and like, they're relatable. I'm wary of the computer teaching about the computer. I I don't know how that, I don't know, I, I know humans teach about other humans, but there's something about computers and computers, but... I'm going to read the tea leaves, and the time we're in, I'm saying that is the answer, B.
0: Artificial intelligence is your final answer, and you are correct. It is AI. They're going to use AI to teach a coding class. As as an assistant, there will be a main professor there, but AI will be the teaching assistant for this coding class at Harvard this fall. So, uh, obviously, we're moving into just fully embracing Skynet, and I'm worried that it's going to have huge
1: consequences for us all. Now, here's my question. Are we decreasing tuition for having fewer humans on the payroll or n- no?
0: You got to pay for those servers, my friend. I guess we got to keep on shelling out. So now we're back to you.
1: What is your middle question of the week? Your sometimes a palate cleanser. Let's see what we have. I like the palate cleanser. And you've been on the East Coast. I'm going to go to the West this comes to us from our friends at KNX in Los Angeles. Here we go. Up to a dozen could be destroyed as the hillside underneath them is crumbling. All Mark, what is it that is in danger of sliding into the ocean? Is it A, a protected animal habitat? Is it B, up to a dozen homes? Or is it C, the original in-and-out restaurant?
0: I know that there's a lot of protected habitats out on the West Coast. I also know that there are lots of homes that are in danger of mudslides. Either one of those would be a fantastic choice. And then you have the original In-N-Out. We don't have In-N-Out down here in Louisiana, which is odd to me, because apparently it is the favorite fast food restaurant of former legendary Saints quarterback Drew Brees. So I am not privy to the cult of In-N-Out, but I know that there's a lot of people who like it, and that would probably be a tragic loss. I am going to say, because of... The history of of what I've seen in houses falling victim to mudslides, I'm going to say up to a dozen homes.
1: Mark, you are correct. And this happens uh, semi-frequently. And again, these are huge houses. And, you know, Mark, one of the things that the folks at Odyssey do very well is get out into the community and report. I want you to take a listen to this cut right here because it wasn't just a theory or these houses might fall
0: the collapse is imminent according to officials there's a large left oh there one goes oh i don't know if you can hear that one of the homes just collapsed yeah we did hear that yeah yeah you can hear that right there i love the idea of california (laughs) but with mudslides and earthquakes i don't know that i could live there without being a
1: huge ball of anxiety 24 7 So, Mark, right there, as the reporter is on scene, she sees and you hear a house (laughs) fall right down that cliff. Unbelievable.
0: Well, look, when I'm sweltering down here in August with 105 degrees and 95% humidity, those 72 and sunny year-round days sound very nice. So it's, it's tempting, I can tell you. So now we come to the point of the show that we call the cliffhanger question of the week. So here's what we do. We give you a question just like all the other questions. But we don't give you the answer this week. And when you come back the next week, we give you what the answer is. We will give you the choices. Before we get to this week's cliffhanger question, we have to give you last week's cliffhanger question, which is really two weeks ago since we had the break last week for July the 4th. Everybody gets a little break every now and then. So we've given you two weeks to to try to figure out what the answer to this one is. But let's go ahead and refresh your memory because if you're like us, You don't even remember what the question was. Here is our previous cliffhanger question of the week.
1: All this controversy over a baseball team's name. (laughs) The
0: Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine has sent a letter urging the Macon Bacon to become the (laughs) while ditching their pork plentiful concession options. The Washington-based group advocates for plant-based diets and scientific research without animal testing. It came to us from KNSS in Wichita. What? What? Do they want the new team name of the Macon Bacon Minor League Baseball team to be? Is it A, the Macon Shakers? Is it B, the Macon Fake Bacon, or is it C, the Macon Makers?
1: Man, I, I gotta say, I, I don't know. Like Macon Shakers, like a Salt and Pepper Shaker, like your know, minor league baseball teams are capable of anything. The making makers like are they going to come out with hammers and, and nails? I don't know. The making faking bacon is so fun to say, and so I don't care if it's the least or most logical one. My answer is B, only because I can picture some guy in the radio and in the ballpark as an announcer saying over and over again, "Making and faking and bacon, making and faking and bacon." It almost becomes a tongue twister. I'm going with B.
0: When we gave this question out on our previous episode. All three of these answers angered you, as they should, because AAA ball clubs, AA ball clubs, all these minor league teams, they want to get eyeballs. They want to get butts in the seats. And sometimes they do that with the cheapest way possible, which is the weirdest name they can think of. And in this case, what happened was these health officials were concerned about using bacon as their mascot because of the health risks of eating too much bacon and all that cholesterol. And so the name that they suggested, healthier option, it is the Macon Fakin' Bacon. That is what they want the team to rename itself to. Whether it will happen, we'll have to keep you updated on that on a later show if they ever do change the name. Right now, they're still the Macon Bacon, but uh, this letter, this petition is asking them to change it to the Fakin' Bacon.
1: I wonder if the, it was fake and bacon just because it rhymes I think probably so and you're right the making turkey bacon doesn't sound right but to be fair turkey bacon doesn't taste right either so
0: <laughs> well yeah so it it would actually it would actually be correct
1: because it would give you the feeling of eating turkey bacon. Does impossible bacon exist yet? Could it be Could it be that? The making plant-based bacon? <laughs> I don't know. So that brings us to
0: this week's Cliffhanger Question of the Week. It comes to us from Mr. Zach Clark. What do you have for us to think about for the next seven days?
1: And Mark, we remain bicoastal in today's episode. This from KCBS in San Francisco. A recent study reveals that, similar to humans, can find relief from stress by seeking companionship with others of their kind. So, Mark, who has joined the world of stress just like we humans? Is it A, snakes? Is it B, ants? Or C, amoebas?
0: All right. So, we're not going to answer this this week, obviously. But we can mull over the answers a little bit and get the juices in the brain flowing to get you prepared to answer it next week. So we have snakes, ants, and amoebas. I like that you progressively get smaller with these multiple choice questions. Snakes, ants, and amoebas. Ants can get stressed, I'm sure, pretty quickly if you shake up their ant farm or if you step on their home. They did a lot of work to create all those little tiny tunnels. And then you just go and within two seconds, it's gone. And then they have to rebuild. So I could see where ants have a little bit of anxiety. Snakes just seem anxious all the time. They're always on edge. They're always defensive. They're always ready to strike because of their fear of humans and other predators and other prey. So look, all of these fantastic
1: answers. I can't wait to see how this shakes out in a week. And you're only gonna have to wait a week this time. That is the good news. Will we still forget about it? Probably, but only a week away. (laughs) That's right. We'll be here with you for the long haul every single week.
0: So just keep coming back. Special thanks to Brian Fisher, who helps put the show together. A special thanks to you for joining us. If you like what you heard, then please pound that subscribe button, bookmark us on your browser, set a reminder on your calendar, because with very rare exceptions, we are here every single week with another fresh new episode of Name That News.